You're listening to Sex in Iceland with me, your host, Sikaduk, an Icelandic sexologist. Yes, I am driving, driving, always driving, a driving podcast. Now I am driving from Seydisfjörður, yes, you heard that correctly. It's on the east side of Iceland. I'm driving in the pitch dark, it's like pitch blackout, and it was snowing today, but Fortunately, it rained, so most of the snow has melted, and it's plus one in um, Celsius. Don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but at least we're not in the minus. We're not in the freezing mode. So the snow has melted. It's easier for me to drive. I just finished um, sex at... Oh, my God, there's something on the road. Oh, fuck. Get off. Oh, no, it's just a puddle, and my headlights were reflected in it. Because I'm in the um, I'm in reindeer country. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the east side of Iceland, and they often have sightings of reindeer. Or maybe they don't have sightings here, because I haven't seen one reindeer sign. But I know if I go to the fjords on the other side, um, there they have reindeer signs. But um, I think it's reindeer hunting season, so I might not even see any, because they're just hiding. And even in, they're in their winter coat, so they're white. So yeah, driving reindeer podcast. Um, I just finished a whole long day of sex ed. So I, with another, uh, or with a professor, we had a lecture for um, teachers in upper secondary school. I believe that's what you call it. It's like, um, it's like Iceland's school system is from grade one to grade ten, and then you go to another school which is called you know I think it's upper secondary or yeah I think it's called the matriculation exam anyways so that's from like 16 to um, 19 from the ages of 16 to 19 and we had a seminar today about sex ed for teachers who teach sex ed or you know any class that might touch upon the subject of sex ed for those ages 16 to 19 and I had two lectures, one for kids in the um, grade five through to seven. So they're what, 10, 11 to 12? Yeah, 10 to 12. And then for teenagers, 13 to 15, and their parents tonight. And I'm just driving back from having the parents' conference. And we spoke a lot about what a lot of people are thinking about. They're thinking about social media, what you're sharing on social media. They're thinking about parental controls on porn. And so what we actually discussed is I said, okay, so because the parents are saying, you know, there's all this weird kind of porn out there and I'm worried that my child is viewing all this hardcore weird porn that's, you know, offensive and might be violent and etc. And I said, well, actually, we know that there is that porn out there, and there's a lot of porn out there, but we actually don't really know what your child is watching unless you've checked out their search history. So one parent said to me, okay, so I'm thinking, should I spend 5,000 krona, which is like um, probably like $40 or something, um, for euros, I think it's probably 30, 35, 30 euros, something like that. And um, they were like, okay, should I spend 
this parental control on my child's cell phone or not? And I said, okay, well, we know that if they want to watch porn, they're going to watch porn. Um, I don't know if your parental control will help you. It might, I don't know, but it also might help limiting um, cell phone time and screen time. But also, I said, just just have a discussion with your teen. What are you worried about? What are you worried about that they are seeing? And why are you worried about what they are seeing? And talk to them about that parental control that you wanted to put on their phone and what were your reasons and thought of, and train of thought. So I said, you know what? Actually, give them just extra responsibility because they are growing up. Give them a little bit of a grown-up talk and just explain where you're coming from and why you're worried. Because I feel that how we're discussing porn now and how children and teens are viewing porn is that we realize that there's a lot of porn out there, but we're not exactly sure what our teen is viewing, how, when, how much, and why. And I think we need to go a bit in depth about those reasons and have these open and clear communications with our children and our teens and explain to them that it's normal to be um, curious, but that it's also normal to not want to see it, because some kids say that you know they have nightmares or they have flashing images of what they have seen on social media and they're not happy with it or it disturbs them or something. So we also have to normalize that you know they do not have to see porn. It's not something that everybody needs to do. Your imagination works perfectly fine. But we can also talk about why people use porn. And we could also talk about how porn has um, developed, if you will, or uh, 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 no, what are we going to say? How porn has changed. Yeah, let's use that. Okay, what was that? Flash in the light. Okay. Um, how porn has changed. So, like, what was porn when you were a teen? Use your own experience of what porn was like for you. And that might actually work well to debrief them. So you can go into, okay, this is how porn was for me. So, like, here in Iceland, when I was a teen, um, back in the 90s, um, porn consisted of videotapes, so VHS. And we used to go around different um, houses, so different parents' houses, after school. And we'd gather up all the porn that we could find. And then we would go to, like, a safe house, you know, so it was some kid's home that we knew that, the kid, that their parents weren't going to be home for some hours. And we would all meet there and watch the porn. And we would be like dissecting it and talking about it and laughing hysterically, but also being like super awkward. But um, we also found, you know, like just porn mags. So these magazines with naked people and sometimes they were like, I don't know, I guess they weren't exactly having sex, but I guess they were like hinting that they were having sex or something or, oh, hello, snow thingy mobile. Wow, this is really a winding road, and I don't mean it in a good way, like a Beatles way. It's like I'm about to almost be car sick because it's such a winding road, and it's just like, oh, it's the Birkenstock, okay, and it's really not my cup of tea. But anyway, this is what comes with being a traveling sexologist here in Iceland. We have long winding roads. So. Also, what was porn were these magazines, which we looked at, and some photos were in black and white, and some photos were in color. Okay, I feel like I'm watching a UFO here. There are all these flashing lights, and I don't know where they're coming from, and they like appear, but then they disappear. 
Oh, weird. Oh my god, there was another one. And I know it's like not thunder, but I'm wondering if it's another winding road that I keep seeing flashes of a car or something. That's very uh, weird, to say the least. Anyways, so, but also, um, the internet, internet was quite new when I was a teen, so we had the dial-up internet, and you've heard those jokes, you know, about the dial-up connection and how long it took and everything, and you couldn't download a picture or anything. But, um, so we were chatting anonymously online with different kinds of people and totally, you know, asking about, like, just talking really sexually explicit to these anonymous people that I don't, I don't have an idea who they were and you were lying about your age you might have lied about your gender and you're doing all the acronyms and all that stuff and there wasn't a lot of porn on the internet or at least not back then at least we didn't find it but we did find the whole chat rooms and we used that quite a bit but we also used um, so there were magazines, VHS, chat rooms. Yo, 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 yo. There were these um, phone lines, you know, like sex lines, sex hotlines or something like that that you could call and you could listen to all these erotic tapes. And actually, I always thought, I thought about it quite often when I was at um, university, if I should apply to work for or submit a story for those... Um, those hotlines because I was like okay that might actually be good money I want to look into that but I never actually got up the courage to do that but I thought about it we a call girl working as a call girl I did think about it but like not physically you know being there but just like physically being there over the phone so that were those were basically the things and we did prank calls we called people and we we're like oh, do you have a penis ha 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 and then we you know hung up so those were most of the porn things that we had. Oh, actually, this was in the era of black and white computers where the computer screen was tiny and you had this floppy disk. And um, we did actually find a couple of porn games. Yep, 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 which were really weird. It was this magic eight ball, uh, which was the head of this like tiny little guy. And he was like running around and had like a super big penis and was placing it in like a vulva and could grab titties and the, t and the vulva moaned and he could put all these sex toys in the vulva and the vulva moaned and oh, we had fun with that game. We found it actually quite amazing. I actually, it's still so fresh in my memory that I put this, I put this game, I wrote about it in the, um, novel that I just finished writing or I just I'm, I'm about to publish it's actually going to be out of printing next week I hope um, so that was porn to me okay so often when people talk about porn they also talk about what kind of sexual behavior they talk about the sexual behavior in porn and that's often how they categorize porn as what's like quote-unquote good porn and what's bad porn so I remember, you know, and they're often saying, oh, you know, porn back then was so innocent or it was just like people had body hair and there were different kinds of bodies and people didn't have this brutal sex. I actually mm, don't necessarily agree with all that because I remember the porn that we were watching as teens, me and um, my fellow classmates and friends, actually, well, yeah, there was sometimes body hair, there was, but... Um, there were all these different kinds of sex acts and there were orgies and there were um, these weird, weird animal pictures and there were these scenes with Chicolina. Oh, there's flashing lights in a bit distance. Hmm. 
And I don't know if you know who Cicalina is, but uh, she is this Ita- Italian porn actress who actually was in the Congress, the Italian Congress, or at least in, in the parliament there, or at least tried to get in. Um, and I remember seeing these weird videos with her doing things with billiard balls and stuff. And I was like, oh my Lord, are we expected to do that? So really what I think it also is, it's, it all comes down to the dialogue. It's all about, okay, so what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? What am I worried about? What are you worried about? Why are you checking this out? Or do you know, can you differentiate between reality and fiction? Do you realize that this is not a reality show? That sex doesn't necessarily work this way? Or sex can be more nuanced or more complicated? And it's more about um, the discussion between you and your partner so I mean also because porn isn't sex ed and we need to clarify that it isn't sex ed and we need to talk to kids and teens that it isn't sex ed so we need to take that out of the equation but I think it's always just about putting it on the table and just having an open and frank discussion and even if your teen is like oh mom or dad it's super awkward I don't want to talk to you you have to lay it on the table you have to be like you know what I actually think it's super important that me and you have this talk and just so you know I'm gonna talk for a little bit I welcome questions but if and if you want to talk to me just know that you're you can always do so I'll answer all your questions you know don't you don't need to be ashamed or I will not judge you and I will not you know critique you or ground you or whatever it may be but I want to be here for you that's my job as your parent but I can't be here for you unless you actually allow me to so just keeping those lines of communication open and I often say because we live here in Iceland that um, we have often quite distances between places so I said you know having this discussion in a car can actually be perfect because they can't go anywhere they're stuck in the car but they can also look outside you know they can look outside the window they don't have to look at your face but they can't go anywhere so you can have a really nice chat and a lot of parents are using these car drives these little drives around the countryside or picking up ice cream and driving around that's a thing here that's what we do and it can be freezing out like really cold out but we'll still be like oh do you want to go get a grab an ice cream and we'll just drive around eating our ice cream and chatting it's like a perfect or not a perfect but it's like one of those first date moments as well it's a couple's thing to do it's a parent thing to do it's a board hanging out with your friends thing to do so Ice cream is totally our thing, and then driving. I know, not very, um, not very good for the planet, but you know, this is still the way it is in Iceland. I was thinking about getting some fries. This is really cute diner up here. We said decorated in like an American diner style. I wonder if it's still open. It looks open. I shouldn't be eating this late, but I am hungry. So I pulled up to this really nice diner, had my food, and the place filled up with all these people who sat all around me. So I just enjoyed fries and a chocolate shake. And now I just checked into my hotel room, which has this weird um, cologne smell. Bit strange. And I would have loved a bathtub, but you know, first world problems. 
Oh, yeah, I'll be super early. I'll leave super early in the morning as I continue on my sex ed journey. But also, we had an interesting thing today. So we've been talking about... Um, oh, of course, they had pictures of reindeers here. Um, we've been talking about sex ed and how you should deal with the whole porn thing with your teen. Um, and it's really interest what the, interesting what they actually did with the censorship laws in Australia and the UK. Like, say, for um, UK, they said that a form of violent pornography, like, for example, was um, fisting and fisting in the vulva especially and squirting which was quite interesting to me to declare that as a form of violence against the vulva but let's not go in depth on that but I wanted to say so often I'm also asked about um I'm often asked about what was I going to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. All these um, pictures. So the sending of the pictures, the dick pics and stuff. And I've often asked teens, okay, so you get a dick pic. How do you reply? Would you reply with a used tampon or used pad? And they're like, oh my God, that would be so rude. I could never. And I have to wonder this. Is it rude? Why is it rude? And why could you never? Like, why couldn't you share a used tampon as a pic? Why do people send unwanted dick pics? And I've done an episode on this. I'm, I'm almost positive. But I find it really inter interesting why there's this penile celebration. So they get to celebrate the penis. But you don't really get to celebrate the vulva. So, like, it's not a form of sisterhood to send vulva pics. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying that in this its current state, it isn't. But, I mean, should it be a thing? Dick pics are being shared everywhere. But, like, why would you send somebody something that somebody doesn't want to receive? Like, I don't get the whole dynamics of it. But this is also something you can talk about with your teen. Like, is it a form of um, aggression? How do they feel? If Like, have they been sent a dick pic? How did that make them feel? Um, do they want to send a dick pic? Have they sent a dick pic? Have they been the receiver of a dick pic? So go into all these conversations because they, it's so important. And what's the worst thing? That they feel it's awkward? Well, you know what? You wipe their bum millions and trillions of times. They'll get over it if it's awkward. You're a parent. You have certain duties and jobs. And this is one of them. It's have that chat. Regardless of whether you're a father or mother have the chat no later than today. This is order from your sexologist in command. Okay, I'm beat. I'm so tired. Six, uh, three lectures in one day and one four hour seminar. I am beat. So I'm gonna beat it, beat it, beat it. Oh, huh. I might actually do that. I might actually beat it. Huh? Get it, get it, get it, joke. Okay, so let's see what the future will bring us, but hopefully more of us chatting, I promise. I'll bring it. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland. You can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and on S-I-G-G-A-D-O-G-G dot com. That's sickaduck.com. See you guys later.